Let's turn to the book of 1 Samuel 26 this morning. You know, chapter 24 and 26, it's kind of similarity here, but they are different. And um, as I was reading this chapter, God really spoke to my heart personally because this chapter records how Saul's life now is coming to an end. And this is a time where Saul has been pursuing David. Pursuing David. And you know, I started thinking about David being pursued by Saul. Think of how many people in the church, in the world, are being pursued by someone because they're covetous or they're jealous of what God called you to do. A lot of people like that. You know, um, I mean, there are people in the ministry and outside the ministry that, you know, God gives you gifts. Everyone has gifts. There's 21 gifts of the Holy Spirit given to us in Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You can read them. And what's cool about that is that God gives individual gifts to each one of us individually. And many times we look at somebody's gift and you begin to covet that gift. It's like your neighbor has a brand new Mercedes and you start coveting that. You can't have it. You know, and so you think that it's possible for me to, you know, to try to be like that person when God called you to be an individual person. God has given your gifts and talents. You know, you can't be anybody else. It's like a snowflake. You know, that's not one the same. So if, if you're, you know, if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, how can God use my life? Just be yourself. Be yourself. Allow God to use you the way you are. Yes, he will mold you. He will shape you. It's like David. David was being molded and shaped because in a couple of next chapters, Saul's going to die. And Saul had the greatest opportunity to become the greatest leader in the whole world. But when they asked for him, where was he? He was hiding. Hiding. God saw his weakness. God saw the weakness of Saul. Saul constantly, constantly was jealous of David. Constantly. And the key that I, as I read this chapter, one of the keys that I saw here is the way four times David says, I will not touch God's anointed. That's something for all of us to learn. Something for all of us to learn. You can't mess with God's people. You can't mess with anybody that has come to Christ because they have the Holy Spirit. And there are many within the church, you know, we don't, we don't really realize, we don't put that, that thing in our minds and hearts that when I deal with someone that is anointed by the Lord, God is not going to stand for that. There's no possible way. Because you're coming against someone that God has anointed with the Holy Spirit. You can't be jealous over them. You can't talk about them. You can't do anything against them because then God will deal with us individually. And I've had God deal with me. With me. I mean, they'll notice a lot of things in my life. You know, I had an, I had an assistant that uh, not only uh, was here, well, in West Covina, Calvary, and uh, he began to talk to this lady that was uh, in, the, in the women's ministry because my wife was taking care of my kids. And then, uh, you know, for months and months, and all of a sudden, I go by the office one day, and, and they're two talking and embracing. And they had this relationship for a long time. And I fired them both right in the spot. And then they left, and he went ahead 
And he thought that he could get away with his sin, so he never cut off that thing. Ten years they were in that relationship till finally they got married. But he lost his wife, and he almost killed his child. His child was behind the car, and he ran over behind the car. And I have seen people, they've come against God's anointed man, they get chased by the Lord so big, you guys. Now he, has, now he has cancer. Now he has cancer. He never repented. He never made a right before God and those that he hurt. He took his wife and put her in a mental hospital to get rid of her. And she had no problems mentally. That was my cousin. My cousin. It was married to this guy. You know what I want to do to that guy? I want to kill that guy. And that's when I went to Pastor Chuck. And Chuck told me, he said, you can either forget about it. You can leave this office, you know, different. Or you can be the same. And then you're going to lose your ministry. And it's hard sometimes. When somebody hurts your child, somebody hurts your wife or your husband. Or whoever it may be. There's these things in our hearts that when we see those people, we can't forgive them. And, and Saul was a person that continually was pressing forward and always harassing people. There are people like that that harass people. I mean, Saul could have been one of the greatest kings. And remember the story, God God wanted to be ruling over the people, but the people murmur and complain, and they keep complaining. And Samuel went to the Lord, and the Lord said, Hey, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Give them a, I says, I'm going to show you what kind of leader I'm going to give them. And he did. He gave him a weak leader, man. One that really did not love God the way you should love God. One that would take their children and bring them into bondage and use them for his own purpose. Read the book of First Samuel. It's incredible. The way God works and the way men work is totally different. God has a purpose. God knows each one of us individually. And it's up to us either to obey or to disobey in order for God to use my life. Bottom line. No other way that God can do that. And so here now in chapter 26, we begin to see here in the first chapter, in the first verse, that he talks about the treachery of the Siphites. He says, he says, Now the Siphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is David not hiding in the hill of Halakai opposite to Jisman? Now, check this out. Here, here are the Siphites. And they're trying to get Saul to go after David because they don't like David, number one. They know where he's at. Saul is pursuing him. He doesn't really know where he's at, but they come and they snitch on David. And they'll say, look, this is what's going on. Now, what's cool about here is that Sif, the word Sif here, was, was not only a town in the hill country of Judah. You can find that out in Joshua 15.55. But it's identified as Tel Sif. Tell Sif, and what it is here is the southern or the southern of Hebron. The southern of Hebron. And this was the second time the Siphites betrayed David. In chapter 23, 19, they also betrayed him. So they were uh, uh, like a thorn in the flesh to David. And there are people like that in our lives. They become thorns in our lives because they really truly don't love us. They pretend to love you, but they want to see you destroyed. And Saul was the instrument that, that actually Satan would use to destroy David, but it was God's protection over David. Or Saul would have killed David. He would have killed him. And David thought, man, I'm dead. 
And yet God was always with David. And look what he says in verse 2. And then Saul got up. He went down to the wilderness of Seth, having 3,000 chosen men of Israel with him to seek David in the wilderness. 3,000 to seek one person. <laughs> Think about that. 3,000 to seek one person. And who David had? David had all the misfits. Remember? All the misfits. That's, that's, that's so cool. Chuck had all the misfits too. You know, in Calvary Chapel. Seriously, it's, it's funny to see that. But you know, it, it's it's something that, you know, God proves His power, His power and His anointing when He uses people, man, that you would never think He would ever use. That He would ever use. That's what the miracle is with the Lord. When He uses you, when He uses me, man, because, you know, we're not the greatest speakers or the greatest theologians. There's greater people can do that. But it's not about knowledge and wisdom. It's the anointing of God. The anointing of God. You guys remember that. The anointing of God. I mean, this guy right here, Vance Hamner, he's the one that literally, with Billy Graham, kind of disciple Billy Graham. He was a country boy. A country boy. And he wrote one of the best books in the whole world, man. Read these books. They're amazing books. So it's not that you have a good education is great. But, you know, if you have an education, then God will use it in a greater way because when you're learning in college, He gives you that wisdom. But then when you leave college, you begin to put it into practice. But again, you become a better theologian, better teacher by the things that you go through in your life. That's the way it is. You know, and I mean, I had a complete life. I never got sick, man. I never had any problems. And I still consider, you know, this thing, you know, where, I mean, I look at it, I laugh about it because God's in control. And when I see God all the time, I said, okay, Lord, if I'm like Paul, you give me the sons, I accept it. I accept it. Whatever it is. They don't know. The experts don't even know. And think of Saul, how Saul here brings 3,000 men, chosen men of Israel with him to seek David. Verse 3. And Saul encamped in the hill of Helakai, which is opposite to Shesman, by the road. But David stayed in the wilderness, and he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness. So we see David here that not only Saul is seeking to, to actually kill him, but David never truly came against Saul. He could have killed Saul. You'll see in a moment. He could have killed Saul. But the thing about David, he said, I will not touch God's anointed. We need to learn that, you guys. It's a, it's a, it's a message that should be preached over and over and over until the church learns it. Until the church learns it. Because we have a habit of talking about people. And we can't talk about people that have been anointed by the Lord. We can't do that. He goes on to say in verse 4, David therefore sent out spies and understood that Saul had indeed come. So we see David here that he wants to make sure that Saul is coming. And not that he's afraid of him, but he wants to make sure so that he can secure himself. And if he has to talk to Saul, he'll know how to communicate with Saul. Every time David talked to Saul, it was always with respect and always with the fear of God and always with love. Always with love, which is something that we all need. Because I know 
for myself and any one of us here, how many times we fly off the handle and we start, you know, we start really demeaning people, we start defaming people, we start doing all those things, and then you get convicted by the Lord. And then the thing about it, you got to go back and say you're sorry. And many times we don't want to say we're sorry. And if we don't say we're sorry, then how can God speak to our hearts? He can't. He can't speak to us like that. And then verse 5, he says, So David got up. He came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where uh, Saul was laying. And Abner, the son of Ner. So when they do, they, they, they camped and the, and the troops made a circle. And Abner and Saul slept in the middle. Abner was his bodyguard. you got to remember that that's his bodyguard. And he's in the middle and they're all sleeping. Look what it says. Where Saul lay. And Abner, the son of Ner, commander of his army. Now Saul lay within the camp with the people encamped all around him. Notice that. All around him. Abner was Saul's general, son of Ner. And what's really cool here is that here is Saul in the center of the camp sleeping. And all his troops and his bodyguard. Verse 6. And then David answered and said to Ahimelech, the Hittite, and to Abishai, the son of Sarai, brother of Joab, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. You know what's so cool about this here? Is that here David not only was coming down into the camp where Saul was, but the persons that he's bringing with him, they want to kill David. They want to kill Saul. They don't understand what the mentality of David. Because here again, notice that he says here, who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? He didn't say who will go down with me and kill Saul. He didn't say that. He said, who wants to go with me down into the camp? And what David was looking for is those that really trusted in the Lord, not in David. Trusted in the Lord. Somebody calls you to God, you gotta really be prayed up. Should I go? Should I not go? It's like when, when, um, in the, when they were, remember the 300 with, um, I forgot his name, Gideon. And he said, you know, he let all these 25,000 leave and he only kept 300. Why? You don't want a bunch of chickens that don't want to fight. <laughs> Bottom line. Why would you want them? You know what I'm saying? They're going to get in the way. You want people, you want guys that not only have their confidence in God, but they're not going to turn their backs on you. They're going to stick by you even if you have to die. Those are the kind of people I want in the ministry with me. Seriously. Those are the kind of guys I want to hang out with. People that are not going to run. When the, when the tough gets tough, you know what I'm saying? You're going to stick by it. Think of how many pastors and teachers, when their church starts going down, and because they're afraid of their pay, then they leave the pastor all alone and they'll say, we don't need you anymore. You're not paying us, so that's the bottom line. Whatever happened to fellowship? Whatever happened to the calling, anointing of God? Think about that. David was not like that. David was never, never like that. And here the question was, who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. And notice verse 7. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and their soul was sleeping within the camp. And his spear stuck in the ground next to his head. And Abner 
And the people lay all around. So here he's laying down his spears right next to him in case somebody comes ready to get my spear. It's like you, you sleep with next to your rifle. Okay? Look what he says. And then Abishai said to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hands this day. David, kill him. Let's kill him. We're right here in the camp, and there he is. Why don't we kill him? Look what he says. And now, therefore, he says, Please, let me strike him at once with a spear right into the earth, and I will not have to strike him second time. First time I'll kill him. I'm sure I will kill him first time. First time I will take care of him. And here is David, you know, and here is this guy that loves David. I mean, he's doing it because he loves David, and he's seeing what Saul has done. I mean, when you love somebody and you're next to the guy, when somebody, be, you want to defend them. If you really love them, you know, you're not going to pick them up for and I'll tell you that. You're going to have to face me too. That's Abisha here. He loved David. He, he wanted David to survive. He wanted David to be not only the best person, because he was among the people, and among those who were with him, verse 9, And David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him. For who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed? Underline that. Underline. That's the most important thing in this chapter. The Lord's anointed. The Lord's anointed. The Lord's anointed. Are you anointed? If you're anointed, people have to be careful with you. We have to be careful with people. David is speaking spiritually. David knows the word of God. David has a spirit of God. David's going to be the next king. David's preparing David. I mean, God's preparing David to be the next king. And even Saul is the king, and he has an opportunity to thrust and to kill him. In his heart, he can do it. You know why? He loves Saul. He loves Saul. And he thought, how can I kill someone that I love? How can I kill someone that I love? And then, look what he says. This is incredible. And be guiltless. You notice the guilt you would carry from killing Saul. And and, and to me, it's been kind of neat because here he's not only respectful, he's respectful, you know, against Saul, but also, you know, that God would teach me, that God would teach us that when we look at people, they get on our nerves and if they are believers, then we need to be careful what we say about them and the way we treat them too. That's really important. Because there's a law of sowing and reaping. <laughs> the way you treat people, you'll get that back to yourself. And that's something we all need to learn. I need to learn it. I need to learn every day. Because I can be mean. Ask my wife. Seriously, I can be mean. And the thing about it is I have to submit my life to Jesus Christ every single day. When I get up in the morning, I have to do that. I have to do it in my life. And I don't know why God has allowed it in my life. You know, I look at it and I say, Lord, you know, 40 years and I still, you know, sometimes my heart raises up and I feel I get angry. And I have to be by myself. So that God can speak to me. If not, doesn't speak to me. Then I can hurt a lot of people with my mouth. With my mouth, I can hurt a lot of people. It's not physically. This is a greater weapon to hurt people with. The tongue, James said. The tongue is the, the, the strongest thing where you destroy people's characters. 
your kids, your grandkids, whoever it is, people that you work with, people that you play with, people, whoever it is, you can, I mean, I remember, you know, my dad, the way he destroyed my character by constantly cursing at me and defaming my character. Because my brother was always the one that was studious. He was always the one that was the best. I was always the cast up. I was the one that always, I got locked up in, in the room when I did something wrong. I got locked up in the room. And I used to think, man, I'm going to kill my dead one of these days. That's the kind of hatefulness you get. I didn't take drugs or alcohol, but man, my hate was horrible. Dale knows me for 55 years, he could tell you. I used to run away to his house. He let me out through his window. Because I, I wanted to kill my dad. I wanted to kill my dad. I ran away one day to Mexico City. I hitchhiked by myself. I was 15 years old. 15 years old because of my mom and dad. I hated them so much. And I didn't want to come back. My dad had to go get me. But you know, you can build up this, this, this hatefulness in your heart. And then you can't really be the person that God wants you to be. Until you humble yourself and you repent in your hearts. There's no possible way. I think of how many, not only kids, but how many those that are employ, employers, they defend their employees because they didn't make the sale. The other day I was in the store and this employer came up to his employee and just ripped on him in front of the people. Man, if I was my employer, I would quit. Or he'd probably be in the hospital. I wouldn't even care. Seriously. You know, I mean, I, I get up to things like that. Seriously, I get upset about things like that. Or any one of my little babies, grandbabies, may believe me, I am not going to stand there and take it. And you have to, you have to be sensitive. And that's something that that we all have to practice. I got to practice it every day, every hour. Got to practice it. Here is Saul in the middle of the camp. He has defamed David. He wants to destroy David. David wants to love Saul. David wants to love Saul. The greatest opportunity. David, we can get rid of them right now. We're right here. And David says, we can't touch the Lord's anointed. Verse, 20, verse 10. David said, Further, furthermore, he said, as the Lord lives, notice he uses the Lord, and the Lord shall strike him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall go into battle and perish. Did you know here's David? He might be prophesying. Look what he says. Notice, the Lord shall strike him. I don't have to strike him. He already knew God was going to take care of it. He says, his day shall come when he'll die natural causes or he's going to go out to war. He's going to be killed. Listen, he's going to be killed in a couple of days. The Philistine is going to kill him. The Amalekite will thrust him through. To me, when I read it, you know, it's like David, God, David gave him insight. David, don't touch him. I'm going to take care of the problem. And it's not through natural death. But, you know, he's going to go out. He's going to perish in the battle. And what's really amazing is that poor Jonathan. Jonathan loved David. And they were the greatest of friends. It would be like Dale and I. And all of a sudden, man, you know, he has to go out with his father, man, that is not only doesn't like Jonathan. He tried to kill Jonathan, remember? He threw that spear at David. And then he wanted to kill Jonathan because Jonathan loved David. And how many times people like Saul because you love somebody and they love you that we become not only jealous, but we need to okay, look for a way to get rid of them. How can we get rid of them? 
that we don't have a problem anymore. A lot of husbands, they kill their wives. A lot of wives kill their husbands. A lot of husbands, if wives kill their children. These are the hearts of people. People that hate people. Because the heart is deceitful, desperate, wicked, who can do it? I, the Lord, know it. He goes on. Verse 11. He says, oh, and what's cool about this is his day shall come. Remember Hebrews 9, 27. There's an appointed time for men to die. And then judgment. Verse 11. And then the Lord says, the Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand. Here it is again. Against the Lord's anointed. Second time. The Lord's anointed. How can I touch somebody that God's anointed? But please, take now the spear and the jug of water that are by his head. And let it, Can you believe that? He was this close. This close to Saul. I'm sleeping and I sleep, I mean, any movement. Uh, we were in Colombia, remember? We were in Colombia in the second floor. Okay, check this out. We're in Colombia. Three o'clock in the morning. I jumped up immediately, went out to the window. My wife was freaking out. Somebody was shooting somebody on the streets, chasing them. Immediately I recognized it. You see, sensitivity. Here Saul is sleeping. He's a military guy. But the reason is the Lord put him into a deep sleep, you guys. Into a deep sleep. Watch what it says. It's so cool. But please take now the spear and the jug of water there in his head and let us go. And so David took the spear and the jug of water by Saul's head. And they got away. No man saw it or knew it until he awoke. Notice, for they were all asleep because of deep sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. Underline that. The Lord causes that many times. <laughs> you know what's funny here? Where's his bodyguard? <laughs> <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> you can't trust in man. You got to trust in the Lord. And then verse 13, And now David went over to the other side and stood on the top of a hill afar off in a great distance being between them. So he goes, uh, let's say we're down here, he goes up there to the hill, far enough where they can't get him. So he's getting ready to do this. Verse 14. And David called out to the people, to Abner, the son of Ner, saying, Hey, do you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who are you calling out to the king? He didn't even recognize the voice of David. He just kind of woke up and he heard the voice. Who is this that is calling out? And so David said to Abner, Are you not? Notice, Amen. He said, Are you not a man? And who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not guarded your Lord the King for one of the people come to destroy your Lord the King? What happened, Abner? You're his bodyguard. What the heck happened to you? And all of a sudden he's going to blow his mind. He says, you see the spear? <laughs> That's how close I was to you and him. I could have killed both of you. Both of you I could have killed. Verse 16. This thing that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die. According to the king's law, you need to die, baby. You didn't take care of the king. And then he said what? Because you have not guarded your master, the Lord's anointed. This is the third time. The Lord's anointed. And now you see where the king's spear is and the jug of water that was by his head. Okay, now let me stop you for a second. 
If Abner didn't take care of Saul, then who take care of Saul? The Lord. His son was not ready to die. Think about that. The Lord protected him. Or, I mean, if David didn't have that sense, he would have killed Saul. But the Lord protected David and the king. He respected the king. Then he says this, verse 17. And then Saul knew David's voice. He knows his voice. He says, is, is that your voice, my son, David? And David said, it is my voice, my Lord and my king. Notice the respect, the humility David has. And here Saul says, is, you, is this you, my son? Is this you, my son, David? Saul knows, man, his time is short, and he knows that David loves him. He knows. He knows that he could have killed him. And he said, why does my Lord thus pursue his servant? Why are you pursuing me all the time, Saul? What have I ever done to you? I've loved you. I've served you. What do you want with me? What makes you come after me? Jealousy. Jealousy. Maybe there's something else in, in Saul's heart that is bugging him all the time. And he thinks, if I get rid of David, my problem will be, Really? Is that what we need to get rid of the problem? All we have to do is hurt somebody? The way we get rid of a problem is we humble ourselves before God and we confess it and God can take care of it. That's the only way it can happen. No other way that can happen, you guys. Verse 19. Now therefore, please let my Lord the King hear the words of his servant if the Lord has steered you up against me. Let him, notice the Lord, if he's come, I, I, I grace you up to steer me up. Let him accept an offering. But if it is the children of men, may they be cursed before the Lord, for they have driven me out of this day from sharing in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, Go serve other gods. And so now do not let my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek as a fleet, as well as one hunts a partridge in the mountains. Notice what he says. And then check this out, verse 21. Saul's confession. And then Saul said, I have sinned. He said that before. Guess what? This is real. I have sinned. I have sinned. Return my son. There it is, my son. More because my life has was precious in your eyes this day. He realizes that David loves him. Loves him. Look what he said. I will harm you no more. But before that he says, because my life was precious in your eyes. You thought more of my life than I think more of my life. Isn't that cool? David, man. David, I'm, man, I'm waiting to meet him in heaven. David, the warrior. Paul the Apostle, I want to meet too. All these guys, they made a difference in my life. And I'm making a difference in my life. When you think about your life. I don't know how you're being changed, who your hero is in the Bible. But there are many heroes in our Bible. We don't worship them, but we can relate to them. They can teach us many lessons, you know, each one of us individually. And look what he says again. Because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Indeed, I have played the fool. Notice, in the the earth exceedingly. Here we see that he's looking back in his life. And every man knows the truth about himself. 
And then here's a man that not only had everything in life to make him great, and he blew it. And he blew it. But he tried to hide from God. He tried to hide from God. And that's what kept him. And that's what made him a fool. Underline that. You don't want to be a fool. Don't be a fool. We can become fools in our own in our own ways. Verse 22. And David answered and said, Here is the king's spear. Notice that. He shows the spear. Here is the king's spear. Let no one, notice, no, let no one of the young men come over and get it. He says, let somebody just come and get it now, one of the young guys. May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. Notice what he's saying here. Saul leaves David knowing now that David will be the successor in Israel to be the next king. He knows behind himself. May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hands today. But I would not stretch out my hand fourth time against the Lord's anointed. How many times do, do, does the Lord have to repeat it before we learn it? You know, seriously. How many times does God have to speak to me, to you, over and over and over, you know? I mean, it's it, it's amazing. Sometimes, you know, my wife had a, a real problem with me just a couple months ago. And that problem was that I, I sit on the couch this way, my left ear, she sits over here to my left. And she talked to me, and she thought I was ignoring her, which a lot of times I do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was sitting there, and I told her, I can't hear you. And she says, oh, Bologna, you can hear me. I said, I'm going to go to the VA, right? So I went to the VA and said, I'm going deaf in this year. I said, I told you. I'm not ignoring you. You know, one of these days I'm going to have a little earache, you know, to hear what I'm saying. And that's part of the thing from Vietnam. I'm going deaf in my left ear. And, and you know what's cool about that is that a lot of times, I mean, look, just like my wife, how about us many times we think that people are against us or ignoring us, whatever, and yet the problem's not, you know, the problem is not us, the problem is them. They don't really believe what we're going through. We have to be very sensitive, you guys, to people's needs. Verse 24, And indeed, as your life was valued much this day in the eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord. Notice David. And let him... Deliver me out of all tribulation. Notice that. Show mercy. And then he says, Then Saul said to David, May you be blessed. My son David. Here it is again. My son David. He goes on, You shall both do great things and also still prevail. Can you believe it? Saul says, The blessings on you, Saul. says, David, I know you're going to be great. Let me stop for a second here. Saul is saying, David, you're going to be great. David has not written yet Psalm 51. <laughs> okay? <laughs> he hasn't written yet. How many times people come up to you and they say, man, you are so great. You're going to do many, many great things in your life. Ryan, my son, was having this problem uh, lately where there's this woman in the church that when Ryan went there to speak, she would prophesy every time, every time he saw it. Every time. And Ryan, because, he, you know, he's been a Lord five and a half years. He's still young. You know, he started to believe what she said. One of the things she said, he said to him, 
you are going to take Chuck Smith, Billy Graham, and all the great men of God's position. Why would she want to tell him that? The Lord can tell him that. And I said, don't believe it, Ryan. You might not even be none of them. I said, just be yourself what God called you to do. Be careful of people puffing you up. Be careful. God sees you differently. <laughs> Seriously. God sees you differently. I know he sees me differently. You know, I see you differently too. <laughs> you know, so that, that's, that's important. You know, going here with David. So David went on his way and Saul returned to his place. And, and I think this is a lesson that we need to learn. The four times the Lord's anointed, you guys. The Lord's anointed. We are Lord's anointed. Hey, let's keep looking to Jesus. Let, let's keep loving. Let's keep moving forward. Let's never look back. You know, I heard Chuck the other day. We, we There's people that constantly with him. They used to go, Chuck, why isn't it the way it used to be in the tent? Why isn't it the way it used to be when we opened the new chapel? And the reason, Chuck says, is they live in the past. They live in the past. Look what he's doing in the future. I mean, next week, today will be old. <laughs> it's a done deal. I can't look back to this. Tuesday's done. What's God doing that Tuesday? We live every day one step at a time. It's just like we take one breath, you know, and when we go home and we take, we go to sleep, you know, we don't have to control our breath, you know. God controls it. But think of all the people. They say, I'm going to go to bed and wake up tomorrow morning. Are you sure? If if you thought that, think of at night how many people have died in their sleep. In their sleep. And then they get that second chance. Then they know the Lord. Man, we need to be ready, Paul said, in season and out of season, you guys. Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, I thank you so much for all these wonderful people, Lord. And Lord, we pray that you continue to speak to us and to lead and guide us, Father. Lord, I pray for the Bible study tonight in San Clemente, Father. Lord, as you bring in those beautiful people, Lord God, I pray for them. And Lord God, for tomorrow night, Father, as we continue in Revelations chapter 19, Lord. And Lord, for Sunday mornings, Father, and for Dale's men's fellowship on, on Thursday mornings and then Thursday nights, Lord God. For the Bible school, Lord God, we pray, Jesus, to continue to expound their borders, Lord God. Be with Larry, Father. Lord, with every person that's here on staff, Father, out of staff, and those that are not on staff, Lord God. And Lord, for those that are outside of the church, Jesus. And Father, for our government, for this great nation, Lord God, that is going down fast, Lord. So Lord, we ask you this morning that you baptize us with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, continue to lead us, guide us, Father, provide for us. And Lord, we ask you to forgive me for my sins, Lord God, for my thoughts, for my wrong intentions, Lord God. So, Lord, I thank you for it again this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, God. Amen. All right, you guys.